0: Up next, TGIF on KFOX. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Mallorys, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. And good afternoon, all of Southern California. Welcome to the TGIF edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Before we do anything else, I have to put the radio station on delay, so please stand by. All right. So, (laughs) welcome to the TGIF edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. I'm looking for a special phone call on line number three. And Dad, are you there? Yo. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daddy the Moon Child! Happy birthday, 73 years young to you. I finally became a 10. You finally became a 10, and 1 plus 0 equals 1, so you're a baby again. Right along. Well, Dad, you're going to have a crystal year this year. You're going to have a glowing, shining, glimmering rebirth, and I think you'll have one of the best years of your life. You'll get lots of resolution, lots of happiness, and lots of your... Goals and dreams will be realized, and I think you're going to be able to rest and take a nice long vacation if you want, and you'll have lots of fun with sports and exciting entertainment, and I think we'll have a good time at dinner tonight, too. Yo,
1: from your mouth to God's ears, all of ours and yours and everyone else, they should all have a good, happy, healthy year. (laughs) The main thing is a happy and a healthy year. That's very important. All the witches, and I hope that they all come true for everyone.
0: Isn't it funny how every year your son on his radio show calls you up and wishes you a happy birthday. Yeah,
1: well, look, uh, w- the world knows, so now you know the world knows.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, let's keep knocking them in, right, Pop? Let's
1: keep talking and keep squawking. As long as we keep talking, it's better than the other
0: <laughs> Okay, Dad, have a happy birthday, and we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye yeah, that's tradition here in the astrology hour comes July 1st and Fred Mallarus gets a call, gets wished happy birthday on the I mean that's life, you know you listen to K Fox, you're gonna get that. Today's topic is called the astrology rebirth or what happens to us when we go from just being curious or interested in Sun sign astrology to finally being curious or interested in, I would say planetary astrology. Not everybody has always been interested in Sun sign astrology. I'll take myself for example, I went from a point where people used to talk to me about charts in the 60s, and it was like Greek. I was in a point where I don't think my mind was qualified or capable of handling the astrological configurations that we were talking about when uh, people talked about charts. Something does definitely metaphysically occur when we start to qualify or learn about planetary astrology as a science. I have proven for myself, see, I'm from Missouri, and I'm uh, pretty much of a skeptic and a doubting Thomas more than you'll ever meet and I came from a place at one time in my life when not only did I not believe in astrology I didn't understand it I refused to look into it when people talked to me about things like rising signs or moon signs or other planets I thought they were weird and crazy that's right Farley is <laughs> not only did not understand astrology as a science I didn't want to I didn't want to hear about it actually there was a time when people sat down and said Farley your sun is square this and your moon is square that and your Mars is conjunct this and, and your Venus is trying that. And I would say, hey, actually, I am not interested in any of this stuff that you're talking about, astrologically speaking. All I know is that I'm a Leo and, and Leos are proud and they're strong and they're leaders and they're important. And that's what that's all about. Did you know there is a vast difference between people, okay, first of all, that believe in astrology at all, People that don't believe in astrology, in fact, they totally reject it, like a Ted Koppel or a Joyce Brothers or a Carl Sagan. These are some people that have publicly denounced astrology along with whatever credibility they might claim to have on top of that, right? So I actually separate humanity into three sectors of either intelligence, awareness, or intellectual evolution, whatever you call it. Those that do not accept astrology as anything valid at all are totally out in the cold as far as astrological validities those that are fanatically enlaced even though they won't admit it into the sun sign astrology people that would be of course purchase Linda Goodman's book on sun signs people that fanatically will pick up the newspaper or ladies magazines or the inquirer to read their horoscopes every day and frankly those people that don't believe in astrology at all and totally reject its value are those people that are into sun sign astrology only are people that really have a tough time handling astrology as a science and the planetary elements that we talk about here in the Astrology Hour. That's why, frankly, I blow a lot of people away that accidentally tune into the show. They'll be hearing me talk about astrology in its scientific aspects, and they'll listen for a few seconds and they'll go, I have no idea what this guy's talking about, and then they'll tune out. Then there's those people that all of a sudden tune into the show and they go, wait a minute, I've heard about this stuff. I've heard about the rising sign and the moon sign and the houses and all this stuff before. And even though I wasn't interested in it then, for some reason I am interested in it now. It seems like something happens along the lines of our path of growth, of soul growth and knowledge and awareness that allows us, that qualifies us to actually understand astrology in its more detailed complexities. Well, the people will come around then and they will say, well, Farley, what's going on here? What's the difference? Why is it that some people are different? Well, what's going on? I mean, explain it to us. Well, I will say this. For some reason, I have proven to myself that astrology is true. It does work. It is a valid way to analyze the energy patterns that affect life on Earth and life in this universe. Atlantis, which is a high-tech, advanced, highly spiritual civilization, was a type of civilization that totally respected and embraced astrological values. In fact, the type of astrology that we present to you here on the Astrology Hour is actually Atlantean Astrology, because much of what I have learned astrologically through my visions and meditations, and also much that I have been trained in astrology, had been delivered to me from mediumistic means and channeled means from Atlantean astrologers. In fact, if you'd like to know who this woman that we refer to as fernette chittingham who was Dana Marshall's guide, who did lots of the automatic writing that actually created the Academy of Atlantis in the '70s, that trained Farley Malaris to be an astrologer, and my own guide Helen, when I was into channeling her before I got into my higher self more clearly. She also was an Atlantean astrologer. So along those lines, you also have to come to grips that in order for a person to incarnate and be born into this dimension, in order for someone to be born in this dimension, their soul literally adheres to a certain magnetic karmic correlation system that allows them or gives them a certain grace quality that allows them access to and qualification for particular host being that they will become a baby right a human being that is charged with an individual astrological vibration so the soul of a human being will not randomly incarnate in just any baby what happens is the soul will literally qualify for a particular vibration actually probably wait until that timing sequence is perfect perfectly aligned and then at that point will incarnate be born into that body receive that astrological charge and be allowed to have a particular kind of growth or a particular type of situation for its life cycle that will be charged and affected by the astrological energies at play okay so what i'm trying to tell you is that the intuitive mind of a human being which actually is the bridge in many ways from our conscious mind to our dream self to our intuitive mind that bridges the gap to the higher self the intuitive mind which also plays a major role at death as far as review of this lifetime and putting it into perspective with all some total lifetimes that would be plugged into third dimensional experience and existence. And that intuitive mind actually holds the sacred metaphysical and astrological knowledge that allows us to go through this evolution process of birth, death, birth, death, reincarnation, death, birth, death, reincarnation, birth, and review and all that stuff. What we're dealing with here on Earth, when we take a look at the three sectors of people on earth, those that are totally agnostic to astrological knowledge, like Dr. Joyce Brothers and like Ted Koppel and Carl Sagan those that are into the sun sign astrology, which represents maybe over two-thirds of this planet, and then those of us that respect astrology as a science and try to learn its details and complexities, right? That third sector, which may represent maybe a 100 million or more people on this planet, I think that number is growing by leaps and bounds as we move into the age of Aquarius. So what I'm saying is that first sector of agnostics obviously has no relationship whatsoever with their intuitive mind. And I'm not trying to put them down. I'm not calling them dumb or ignorant. They may be intellectually and in their conscious mind might be strong, but when it comes to the spirit mind, the spirit relationship, a lot of times when people form bottom lines or they profess expertise or closed-mindedness on any one subject, reminding you that once it was said that man would never fly and that man would never walk on the moon and that uh, man would never create a submerged vehicle like a submarine or that electricity was impossible. People out there that claim to be experts through the ages will come out there and they will make these statements like a Ted Koppel, a Carl Sagan, or a Dr. Joyce Brothers, which to many of us appears like a low-consciousness explanation. I'm not putting them down, because this is America. as a free country, freedom of speech, freedom of everything, and they can say whatever they want to say because I relate to it. I respect it. At one point, I really wasn't that into astrology. But then, you know, all those people that do respect sun sign astrology number two group, right, the people that do read the newspapers, they know there's something there, and they align themselves, they identify themselves with a certain astrological sun sign quality that seems to work for them, where they adhere to that particular vibration. And then even though they believe in the sun sign astrology, many of them don't want to hear that it's more detailed or complicated than what they hear in the newspaper. That's why for five years I do my little sun sign forecast on the rock on the other radio station and use that as a major teaser in order to try to get people to come over here and listen to K Fox and hear the scientific aspects of astrology, a lot of listeners from that other station will tune into K Fox at the proper timing. Because see, something goes on. Something goes on. This timing thing is interesting because most people that are destined to rebirth in their spirit, in their awareness levels, and literally to become smarter and more evolved and more aware will go through an experience in their life many times, relationship turmoil like breakups, traumas, rejections, death of a loved one or of a maid or a spouse, death of a child, serious health problems like an AIDS situation or heart disease or cancer or MS or whatever situation may affect you, or being lonely, being in a traumatic, emotionally depressed state, these things will happen or they can happen, where suddenly it seems like you make the proper choices to process this part of your life, your consciousness changes, your awareness expands, And suddenly you have a relationship with your intuitive mind that you never had before that allows you to bridge the gap from the conscious mind through the intuitive mind acting as bridge to the higher self. And suddenly you qualify to a level or to an awareness state where you know not only astrology is confirmed and does work, but you also tap into something in your intuitive mind that alerts you to the fact and the further truth that astrology is not only extremely valid, but is an active participating factor involved with our energy systems here in this dimension that definitely affects life on Earth. And that's what we refer to as an astrology rebirth, which is what this topic is all about. And a lot of you out there that are into astrology as a science may remember a time in your life when you had that rebirth. It happened to me around 1975, 76, when suddenly someone did my chart, and I fanatically got obsessed with learning all the detailed complexities about astrology, when, like I said before that point, It's like I just wasn't strong enough or aware enough to get in to the complexities and the details that scientific astrology offer. And like I say, unfortunately, certain people don't seek out astrology as a science until they reach that rebirth point. They just go ahead and continue reading their Sun Science stuff in the paper. They'll see a publicity situation like this recent Nancy Reagan situation, right? When they'll listen to it, or they'll hear what certain announcers and media people will talk about. Like, Can you imagine all these people in the media that are like level one, right, that are totally agnostic about astrology, so they feel it's their duty during the recent Reagan publicity of Astrology Right Connection to suddenly bring on a bunch of phonies and who they think are astrological fakes? Because there's a lot of people out there that are pretending to be astrologers, right? And they put these people on television, make them look stupid. You know, they involve these people in college and in scientific research, and make their results seem stupid, right? There's no control over their analysis, and then they come out with all this bad press and bad publicity about astrology, when the more highly evolved faction of people on this planet know what's right and know what's wrong, intuitively speaking. They know, because if you're like me and you get into astrology, and you've done your own chart, and you've analyzed your own chart, and you've zeroed in on a lot of the basic identity factors, character factors, and karmic situations for your lifetime, past, present, and future, then you yourself will go through your own personal burden of proof as I have, and which I do all the time on this show to help people and guide them into the light, the gradual rebirth that takes place, sometimes sudden, when someone finally does cross that line at the Alamo and go from agnostic to sun sign believer, and finally from sun sign believer validating the mass block of sacred knowledge that lies in the intuitive mind that clearly and truthfully and securely and confidently confirms the value and the validity and the power of astrology as a scientific force to be reckoned with on this planet. And I don't let astrology control me or direct me. Astrology is a way of me helping understand the forces that affect me in this dimension. It explains vehicle. It explains energy systems. It explains patterns and cycles. It's like a weather forecaster for humanity, for humanitarianism and for humanism. And it's a wonderful way to explain things in life without taking them personal, feeling guilty about them, blaming yourself or others. It's a metaphysically inlaced system that is karmically based and continually refers to the evolution of the soul and the lessons that we have here on Earth concerning materialism versus spiritualism, obsessions and selfishness and desire and conceit and the ego versus selflessness and humility, Humi- hum- humility, not humidity, maybe humidity too, humility, and also humanitarianism and oneness of God, you know. So we're constantly being tested here, and astrological systems are a wonderful map to help us weed through some of this veil, this veil of illusion of separation that we live in here on Earth, to help explain the whole darn system, the whole system of God creation, which we all live in. So, you know, this is a very, very important topic because I do sense a lot of you have been listening to the show, and a lot of things I've been talking about have seemed to gone over your head. And once you do send for our charts and study them and study them and study them, you might not get it overnight. I remember that bumper sticker the fundamentalists used that says, I got it on it, you know, where they suddenly have this awakening and they finally recognize Christ as Messiah or whatever. I kind of see that in astrology too. I got it. When you recognize yourself as Messiah and you finally plug into that intuitive mind and that higher self, and then the validity, the natural logic of astrology shines right on through. And wow, is it an awakening? When you have that, it is such a glorious awakening. It is darned exciting. All right, we're talking about the astrology rebirth, or what goes on actually twice in your life, when you will go either from the agnostic who doesn't believe or understand astrology or accept it or respect it, to the sun sign believer, which is like kindergarten or nursery school astrology, where you know there's something out there that works. And unfortunately, we need sun sign astrology in order to graduate people into planetary astrology factors. And then finally into... The science of astrology and basically the definition of astrology as a science is chart astrology. The belief or the definition that when you were born, when you come out of the womb, your mother's womb and you inhale your first breath, that it is not only important where your sun is at that point, which tells you what your sun sign is, but it is also important for us to recognize the astronomical fact that all the planets are usually scattered in many different signs. And what we do as astrologers is we freeze That instant of birth, when you inhale that first breath and you are literally injected by the cosmic energies of the universe, the whole universe, because the planets are so close to Earth in our own system, we pay more specific attention, of course, to the planets, the sun and the moon and the asteroids. And in planetary astrology, what we do is we analyze the location of the planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, because they are always going to be located somewhere within the belt Of the Zodiac, the 12 star constellations, these aren't accidents. These are big, huge constellations just like the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and Orion and Pegasus and Cassiopeia and and all that good stuff. The Zodiac signs, the constellations of Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces are 12 areas of space that surround our solar system and that is where the orbits of the planets go from our point of view they never wander beyond those 12 signs. So the signs are specifically used for sun, moon, and planetary locations. So when someone says you have a moon in Pisces and your sun is in Virgo and you have Mars in Capricorn, those are planetary locations in your chart at birth. That's what that means. If I said your Venus is in Taurus, that means you might be a Cancer sun sign, but the planet Venus was in Taurus. Now each planet, see in astrology and scientific astrology, Each planet holds a specific identification. The moon is your emotions. The sun is your identity, your soul, and your father. The moon is your mother and emotions and security. Mercury is your psychological factor. Venus is your love and your value factor, your material factor. Mars is your life battery, life force. Jupiter is your philosophy planet. Saturn is your restriction planet, our karma and career planet. Uranus is the awakener. Neptune is the dreamer and the illusionary planet. Pluto is the transition situation part of the chart. So you can study any individual, any person, in anything conceivable in this dimension in their lives by just looking at where their planets are to explain the qualities of life that they would have absorbed at birth. And that's what a chart is called. See, when Farley was born, August 11, 1948, I'm talking like about Farley like he was my friend, right? Well, he is. (laughs) Actually, when Farley was born, August 11, 1948, I had Sun located in Leo, and I had Moon located in Scorpio. See. So that tells you my soul is Leo 9 and my emotions are Scorpion. It's a combination of a Leo-Scorpio personality. And then there's one other factor I didn't discuss that you've all heard about it, many of you. It's called the rising sign. And the rising sign, of course, is whatever which one of those 12 zodiac constellations that we talked about, Aries through Pisces, whichever one of those constellations is rising in the east where the sun rises at your birth. That's why we always need time and city of birth to calculate the sign rising in the east and that way we can get the rising, are what is known to be the single most important part of any astrology chart. That's right. Everything in the sky, all the planets, and the sun and the moon are all channeled, are focused, are funneled through the rising sign, because we astrologers believe the soul enters the body at the speed of light, the astral body enters the baby when it's born, at the speed of light from the eastern horizon. So that point would be the point of birth, or the point of separation from the oneness of God, that we have the illusion of separation or the I am point, the God point that is separate from the whole. That's the rising sign in the East, also known as the personality, the identity, and the appearance. Now, this is obviously an excellent show to play for people that are either rebirthing, thinking about rebirthing, about to rebirth, or want to play something to someone who knows nothing about astrology. And I think after yesterday's show, there was lots of talk in the city about the astrology. So we had lots of new listeners listening today that needed to hear this topic and lots of our regular listeners that also appreciate hearing this kind of topic so they can help explain the three divisions of consciousness, astrologically speaking, to people that know nothing about it. So basically, this is a real good show for you to understand and try to understand the differences between people and why you really shouldn't try to force astrology on anyone until they're ready, until they have a natural qualification. That's why I really don't argue or debate with people on the subject. People that are rebirthing in the spirit, and opening up their intuitive mind and that are ready for astrology will come to you, or will come to me, in which case you can pour your knowledge into them, just like a funnel. But in the meantime, this is not the type of thing that you want to go to airports and try to force feed strangers coming up escalators. This is just something you want to learn unto yourself, and when others are ready to learn it, they will come to you, and you'll know about it, because they'll know you're into astrology, so they'll know you'll answer the questions that they have about astrology. Great topic, huh? The Astrology Rebirth dedicated to my father, Fred Mallaris, on his birthday today. Happy birthday, Dad. Okay, let's talk to our callers. Rhonda is a first-time caller, a new listener, I think. A double Leo. How you doing? Hi. Hi, Rhonda.
1: Hi.
0: You sound like you're sad.
1: I'm okay. Are you nervous? A little. How you doing? Okay.
0: <laughs> what can we do for you?
1: I was calling to get a general
0: scan. Okay. basically... Even though you are a double Leo in your chart, you do have Venus in Cancer and Mars in Virgo, which can make you very introvert and very shy sometimes and extremely sensitive. Do you feel sensitive?
1: Yeah, sometimes.
0: Okay. You also have Venus trying Neptune, so your emotions do run deep in your life, and you're shown a very spiritual chart and a need to probably gain a lot of knowledge and share it with others too, okay? Okay. Bye. Now, see, even though she's a double Leo, and most double Leos can be like George Carlin, when you have Venus in Cancer and Mars in Virgo, it will put a major buffer on it. Let's go to Joan now, another first-time caller, Virgo Pisces Rising. Hi. Hi. What can I do for you? Can
1: I get a quick scan?
0: Oh, that's all you want. Yeah, okay. Well, your marriage appears to be improving, actually. I'm divorced now. Oh, you're divorced. Okay. Okay, then you are probably shown a new marriage, I would think. Ooh, good. Are you dating somebody? Yes. Saturn and Uranus will trine your Mars together in the next 12 months when the option for you to have a commitment, a firm commitment, maybe a marriage or a live-in, will be pronounced at that point, and hopefully he'll be somewhat a new age or metaphysical person that can adhere to your vibration somehow, okay? Okay. Good luck. Great, thanks. Bye. Let's go to uh June on line three. She is a, let's see, a Gemini with Capricorn Rising. Hi. Hi, June. How are you? Fine. What can we do for I you today? a general scan. You're a first-time caller. Yes, I am. Well, you know, I like your chart. Wow, I really like your future here. If you stop worrying and if you can remove some of your insecurities or some of your negative potentials here as far as creating little monsters in your life, you are shown quite a lot of success. Financial, spiritual, romantic, and career should last for about two, three years. You are shown a big windfall of income at the same time, but you would have to be more confident and optimistic in your visualization process. You know what I mean by that? I do. But, you know, I don't see how you could miss here. Your psychic abilities are just soaring. I don't know if you're aware of how psychic and powerful you're becoming, but Pluto will be trying your Mercury and your Venus, and wow, we're talking about a superhero coming up here, okay? That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Mary now, Virgo, Gemini, rising. Hi, Mary. Sherry. Oh, it's Sherry. Sherry Lang? Yeah. Okay, how are you?
1: Fine.
0: Oh, good. Thanks for calling. What can we do for you?
1: I just want, I'm a new caller, and I just wanted a general scan because I'm getting married in August.
0: What day are you getting married? 8th. August 8th? No, 6th. I had a Leo wedding. It's the 6th. Wow, that was a competitive marriage, too. <laughs> August the 6th, yeah. huh? Is there any particular reason why you picked that? Um, no.
1: It just sounded like a good day.
0: Has it been finalized? Have you sent out invitations? Not yet. Yeah, maybe you should hold off on those invitations, my opinion.
1: Okay,
0: why? Well, Mars is square Neptune, and Venus is opposition Saturn and Uranus, it's probably one of the worst weeks of a 10-year period to get married. Oh. So I don't know if that'll help you any, but I wouldn't get married in August of 88 if I was getting married. What you might want to do, actually Venus will be trying Pluto later that month around August 11th. I'm sorry, around August the 18th. And Mercury will be coming up to try Neptune. But Mars will still be square Neptune, which means that the man is not shown loyalty. He's shown mistresses and such. Oh, dear you can actually change the vibration of a man just by getting married with Mars and Venus in better aspect to each other. I see. So most of the vibrations this year have passed, and because Mars is going to be in Aries for so long, for six months until the end of this year, the best time to get married will actually be in 1989 when Mars goes into Taurus, and it'll, at that point, trine Saturn and Uranus and Capricorn, and then the energies for marriage for women from the woman standpoint increases the loyalty and the consistency of a man much better. Should I give you that date? Yes. I don't know how much patience you have, but trust me that the day you get married will alter your relationship according to the astrological vibration. And also, we do find on top of that, that if the marriage doesn't go the way you want it to, Mm -hmm. you can get remarried again in 1989 and adhere to another vibration from this date I'm going to give you, okay? okay? Now, we will have... Venus in Capricorn, Mars in Taurus, and Mars will try and Saturn and Uranus anytime during January of 1989. Okay. Good. I hope that helps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'll say this. If you're in a relationship or you're in a marriage and you don't like the way it's going, just break up or have a separation or get married or reconnect, and you'll definitely attach a whole new vibration (laughs) to that relationship. Trust me on that one. I've seen it work over and over again. And if you get married the first week of August 1988, I'm not trying to put a curse on your marriage, but Venus and Mars are in such a strange aspect that it almost guarantees a problem for people that would do that or try to risk that. And I had some friends of mine get married and a date I told them might not work for them, and they did get divorced. In fact, about 10 couples I've seen that happen to, and the ones I gave good dates to didn't get divorced. In fact, they're still happily married, so it does work. Okay, let's go over here to line number seven now. And Dr. Bernice, May twenty first, nineteen forty nine. Hi. Hi. How are you?
1: Fine, fine.
0: Thank you for calling. Yes,
1: I want a scan done. I just seem to be going through a very weird period now. Y-
0: you never knew your rising sign, huh?
1: Well, um, I think it's Pisces. I'm not.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, your moon's Pisces.
1: My moon is Pisces. Mm-hmm. and it was either Cancer or Gemini. I had two different people tell me two different things.
0: Well, you need to get your chart done so that way when you call me up, I'll be more of a surgeon looking at an X-ray. It's it's, it's hard to be. Specific. It does appear like your relationships are lit up to be better than they've ever been, and you are shown either improved marriage or marriage if you're not married yet. Right. Are you dating someone?
1: Um. Yes, but I'm not sure about that, and I'm thinking of quitting my job. It's just a lot of things are going on.
0: Yeah. Well, if you aren't sure about it and you don't have a commitment, then this particular transit would show a wave of men with potential promiscuity also uh, involved, because it could be hard for you to make up your mind. It's like being hit with three or four husbands from past lives. And you love them all in different ways, but all very intensely. Mm -hmm. Overall, this is a pretty good time for you because your creative abilities are very enhanced. You're having a Saturn-trine Saturn and a Uranus-trine Saturn. So this next 12 to 16 months, family relations can improve, and overall organization and control your life can improve, and things can go a lot easier for you, even though you are in the midlife crisis transit at the same time. Lots of changes for you, okay? Okay, great. Bye-bye. Thanks. You're welcome. Let's go over here now to line number six. Another Mary, Capricorn, and Sag Rising. First time caller, hi. Hi. I
1: wanted to ask you um, about Chinese astrology, because that's how I became rebirth. I met a friend at a park, and we became good friends, and she was Korean. Uh huh. And she told me that I was born in the year of the dog, and I said, "Wow, I don't want to be a dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> so <then>
0: I started <laughs> up I'm sorry. up,
1: and I got some books, and I started doing charts. Of Chinese astrology.
0: One of my oldest teachers, uh-huh. who's called Swami X, he hangs out at Venice Beach. A lot of people know him. Oh, yeah? You know Swami X? No, but I live over here by Venice Beach. Well, he is a Chinese astrology expert, Uh huh. and he taught me everything I know about it. I know some about it, but see, Chinese astrology adheres almost perfectly with uh, tropical astrology.
1: You know, that's what I've been noticing. Be- it became so simple for me that I started getting more books about Western astrology, and when I first looked at it, I went, wow, I can't do this.
0: Do you know where they relate?
1: I think it's the, like the four-year cycle and the 12-year cycle.
0: It's Jupiter. It's me. It's, oh, it's, it's Jupiter, Jupiter yeah. yeah.
1: That's why I was so interested. first show I listened to was about Jupiter, and boy, did that catch my attention.
0: Yeah, Jupiter changes signs approximately once a year, and, you know, the Chinese astrology changes once a year, and like uh, most people that are like my year, year of the rat, are Jupiter and Sagittarius.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: uh, I think year of the dragon is Jupiter and Taurus. But each Chinese year does adhere to a certain particular Jupiter location. And it's amazing how right around Chinese New Year sometimes you'll see a change in Jupiter's sign many times or close to it. But Jupiter does adhere almost perfectly to Chinese astrology. You you can research that yourself, okay?
1: Yeah, I've been uh yeah, I've been getting the connection.
0: Okay, thank you for calling back. Yay. Okay. Bye bye. Let's go to John now, a Capricorn Virgo rising. Hi Johnny. Hey, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. I would like a general scan if that's possible. Sure. (laughs) Let's take it. What degree is your Virgo rising? How do I find that? It would be on the far left edge of the wheel, right where it says VI. All right. See, the numbers on the left or the numbers on top, depending which chart you have. I'm a Cancer rising with a Virgo moon. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. What number, Cancer rising? 17. Okay. I would think that Jupiter just left your 10th house and went into your 11th house. So you're moving into a goal realization mode, and either a change of friends or new friends, new directions are being opened up to you. At the same time, you're kind of in the middle of this midlife transit where you've already been going through a ton of changes as it is. So the rebirth is real powerful for you, and the key to this rebirth is that you're letting go of a lot of stuff. You do have Jupiter and Sag like I do, so you do have the philosopher's chart, the metaphysical philosopher's chart, and I think that'll be part of your message as you grow. And as you grow into your life, in this next segment of your life, you'll become probably more cosmically or astrologically inclined, okay? Yeah, that's happening. Good luck, J.D. Thank you. Peace. Bye-bye. Peace Bye. to you. Let's go to Annie now on line 8, Virgo Sag rising high. Hi, how are you? I'm so excited. <laughs> no, you are and So am I. You make me feel excited. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. <laughs> I almost sang a song. Everyone's sitting there going, Annie, shut up and let him sing. I'm just kidding. What can we do for you?
1: Well, I have two things. One is my chart. I have some things on here that say MC. What does MC stand? Midheaven. Midheaven? Right. Oh, well, now I know that. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, I plan to have plastic surgery done sometime after August 15th. Could you tell me what the
0: perfect date would be? Okay, remember I'm not a doctor and I make no guarantees. Correct. But if I was gonna have plastic (laughs) surgery, which I would never have because I'm frightened of surgery, I would probably go after the 19th of August. 1255 PM, August 19th, anytime after then, to September 1st, and I think the best day would probably be August 31st, my opinion. August 31st. Good luck. Very good. You got a moon trine Neptune and a moon trine Sun, and a very sexy aspect there. So look out when you get done. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to, uh <laughs> I can't tell who's next. Hi, Judy. Yes. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. I'm a little confused, but what the heck.
1: It's okay. It seems to be that kind of uh time frame for a lot of us. I'm astonished at your knowledge. It's just, just incredible.
0: Well, I have help. I get lots of help.
1: I know. This is the first time I've called in. Things are really crazy right now. Okay. So I need an overview of everything right now. And also, specifically, there is someone who I feel is my soulmate. And uh, I'd like to know when I'm finally going to experience a real love in my life, if this is the person.
0: Well, it would have been this last couple of weeks, possibly. Uh, you have a whole load of karma with yourself and almost anyone that you would be involved with. So this is a major life absolution of karma with many relationships. Uh-huh. So the hope and the dream of a soulmate is ambitious, but it's possible. But still, remember, with Mars opposed Uranus and Mars actually right now trying itself, you are showing a potential more powerfully happy relationship during the summer. Okay?
1: Only over the summer. Okay. What about career? Anything?
0: Well, let's see. Career, I think you're looking at a surge in August, September, or October. And if you went into your own business, you could do quite well in it.
1: Gee, I thought there'd be something more.
0: (laughs) Well, that's it, hon. That's
1: it? Okay. Thanks a lot.
0: Bye-bye. Let's go to Linda A. Libra with Leo Rising. Hi, Linda.
1: Hi. How you doing?
0: I try to squeeze you in.
1: Thank you. I got cut off the first time.
0: I knew. I know. I, I, I know what's going on. Around. Some people don't think I know what's going on. But I know what's going on. <laughs> so what can we do for you?
1: Well, I wanted to know if you could tell me anything about, well, I guess you'd call it a general scan or maybe something about my love relationships or career.
0: Are you going with somebody? No, I'm not. Are you obsessed with relationships? No. Uh, Are okay. you lonely?
1: Yeah, a little bit. How's
0: your self-esteem? How is it? Mm-hmm.
1: Good,
0: I think. It should be superior.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty good.
0: Okay. It's like a karmic whirlpool for you. You're one of those people with Mars in early Libra. You went through a long Neptune square. Now, Saturn and Uranus have been square your Mars, and so you've been disappointed a little bit in some of your recent relationships. And you are shown something actually today or this morning that might be an interesting potential, but you are shown lots of relationships over the next year or two and lots of lessons. So try not to fall too heavily in love, okay?
1: Huh, that's interesting. Uh, Anything about my career?
0: Okay, I got to go. I'm done. Oh, you are? I'm sorry. I have to leave. I'm out of time.
1: All right. Well, thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. All right. The Astrology of Rebirth is the show today. Tell a friend. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays on the Fox, 93.5 FM Redondo Beach at 12 noon. Have a nice day and a wonderful week. Bye-bye.